Hi, this is Dr. Adrian. Welcome to Health Bite, the podcast where we explore all things health and wellness. Hi there, and welcome everybody to Health Bite, our podcast where we talk about all things health and wellness. I am your host, Dr. Adrian, and I am super excited today to have with us a special guest, Madison Ciccone. Madison is a health and wellness expert and guru. She is also master soul cycler and instructor at the worldwide company known as Soul Cycle. And we're so happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much. That was quite an intro. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I love I'm I'm so excited and I love to have you today. So you have a really interesting uh, journey, and I always like to start with the question of how people entered this um, area of health, wellness, what brought you to this space? Yeah, of course. I, I always like to mention that I, I didn't just like one day wake up as an adult and stumble into it. I think a lot of this health and wellness journey really was from and is very deep rooted in me from being an athlete and being a college cheerleader and just always having that like heart of a champion spirit. And I think that we see that in a lot of like people who are heavily involved in the health and wellness and fitness communities that they have these really uh, athletic backgrounds and it kind of transpires into their adult life in some way, shape or form. So from that, um, it was always a part of me to kind of, I always loved to work out and I was always all about the music. I went to school for music in Nashville and that's what landed me out in Los Angeles for quite some time working in entertainment um, all doing all the things advertising I did digital marketing like you name it I did it out there and I just got super burnt out you know I was waking up at 4 a.m to go work out and then I would work a 12-hour day and then I would sometimes go back to the gym at night and my friends were kind of like Mads what are you doing like obviously this is your true passion because you wake up at 4 in the morning you make the time for it And so I started to really explore that. And after interviews and trying to figure out where I would land, I got a job as a studio manager at SoulCycle. And that is what kind of set me on the journey and the path of becoming an instructor. You know, I'm always, I just want to point out, I'm always so intrigued by the fact that people can leave um, like high powered positions, right? To be in a position where you're coming into contact with all these celebrities and musicians and from the outside, it looks like such a glittery lifestyle, but to have the insight and uh, the courage really to be able to put that away and do something that, again, sounds mundane, like, okay, you're a manager at a fitness studio, right? But it requires that degree of um, vision, right? To know that even though in the moment, maybe it's not a glittery title, that you can leave that uh, glamour behind in order to pursue this new path to what ultimately will be. Yeah, totally. And I think the level of that is like, you're just so, you're so, you get to a point where you're just like so uncomfortable with where you are that you're willing to do whatever it takes. And there's that like cliff jump moment where you're just like, you just go for it. Um, and sometimes you don't necessarily know what the path is going to look like or the vision is going to like really turn out to be, but you just know that right. what you're currently doing is no longer working. So right. that's kind of kind of where I was at. So 
um, I was managing soul cycle and all my friends thought it was so crazy. Like here I am, I'm like 26, 27. Um, I auditioned to be a soul cycle instructor and I make it into the training program. So I go to New York. So I literally push my shabby chic furniture to the curb in LA and like literally watch it get like taken away, like by, you know, cause it's free. I had to move really fast and I was like, whatever, just, put all myself out on the sidewalk, got on a plane, came back to, I grew up in Rhode Island. So New York, Rhode Island, that was like, you know, I put the rest of my stuff in Rhode Island, went to New York, trained to be a soul cycle instructor. And they gave me a few options of different markets I could go to. And I ultimately chose Boston. Really, it was my dad's, like, my dad's wisdom to be like, Hey, if you absolutely hate this or don't love the city that you're in, at least you have like us, you have people you went to high school with. A lot of my friends went to BC and BU and community, right? At least you have community. Yeah. At least you have something. And honestly, it's kind of like the rest is really history. It's going on for over four years now that I've still been here in Boston and, um, I've been working and, teaching soul now all that yeah, time. I mean I want to hear more about soul cycle because speaking of community I mean it really a part of their gig right part of their mo is really building a community around health and wellness um, and they're like a force to reckon with here in Southern California right so tell us uh, tell us a little bit about the what it is what it entails and what that community building does for um, the end user. Yeah, so it's an indoor cycling studio at at the core. Um, you know, the, if we're going like bare bones of what it actually is, what the workout actually is, it's it's indoor cycling. Um, why I think it is the be all end all of the boutique fitness industry is because of that community it's created. And like you've heard probably articles and things like say like, oh my gosh, it's almost like cult like. It's just because it makes you feel something that you will feel nowhere else. You won't feel it. It's like going to like, we always say it's like going, you're going to your favorite workout, favorite concert, church, your therapist, seeing all your best friends. Like if you could think of all the things that make you the best version of you, that's like low key what Soul Cycle does in 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and you can, I always say you take what you want, you leave what you don't. And I think that's what creates such the gravitational pull towards it because you just feel so, you feel just so good, obviously, endorphins, all that stuff. But it's, it's, it's so hard to put a tangible, like, button on. It, well, talk I, about some of the, talk about some of the messaging because there is a lot of messaging that happens in the classes, right? I think it's very much depending on the instructor. Every instructor is so different. I know for me, I end every class with joyful, loving, and above all else, fearless. That's become kind of like my mantra. Um, another one throughout COVID has been stay for the magic because during times where it gets a little tough or you want to unclip and you want to give up and you want to just like peace out that you're just always like so close to that breaking point of where the really the true magic really happens for you. So, I mean, I have so many beautiful golden nuggets and I think it really just depends on the day and the feel and the mood and, um, and, and what, what inspires every instructor individually on a daily basis is what they kind of bring to the table. I think what's really, what's really cool, uh, for lack of a better word, what's really cool about engaging in kind of intense 
exercise and activity is that being in your in your body, like the intensity of the activity is one thing that really can bring you out of your mind. And so much of us spend so much time in our mind thinking, ruminating. And so while intensity can be uncomfortable, it is also an opportunity to come out of your mind and into your body. And so I think it has, outside of the endorphins, like you mentioned, it has that added health benefit of um, mindfulness, right? Of really being present in your body. And there's some great scientific data behind this that um, not all kinds of exercise, but actually really intense, um, high intensity activity mimics this kind of, well, it's a, it's a physiologic state of stress in a way, but, but in putting yourself in that state of stress, you are actually better able to manage stress throughout the day, you know? So it's, it's really interesting how, yes, there's discomfort, but there really is a benefit if you can engage in that place, um, in that moment, and also the benefits, you know, uh, continue outside of the activity as well to your day-to-day life. Totally. I, I relate that really closely to out of your head into your heart, because I think so many times we're so caught up in, in the mental chatter of all the things going on in our to-do list and all the things outside. And I think what has always made this space so sacred, if you will, is like within these four walls, like you don't have your phone, you don't have anything. It's 45 minutes just for you to literally get out of your head and get into your heart and get into your body and like drop down into that space. So totally aligned with that. I wonder if there's something about the indoor cycling, uh, because now, of course, with the pandemic, uh, Peloton is on fire because people are unable yeah. or have been unable to go into their uh, fitness studios. Do you see something there? Like, so, and it has a. Um, I, I guess the the thread that I'm trying to carry is that it has similar intention and messaging. Do you think there's something there in the activity that allows itself for that? Totally, and. And just to couple with that is SoulCycle also has their own at-home bike. So it has more of the soul, the soul factor to it. I know mm-hmm. that Peloton versus SoulCycle are two completely different workouts with two completely different, you know, with the way it's structured, the end goal, all that stuff. So I think it's awesome. I don't think anything will ever replace being in a room with 60 other people and feeling the energy that you feel inside those four walls. And I will take that to the grave. Like you will never experience anything like a live soul cycle class. There is definitely something in doing uh, any activity in community. And um, I've done a few races like half marathons and, and marathon. And I think the most powerful aspect of it outside of just accomplishing it uh, is really just doing it with others, being in that crowd of thousands of people and doing it in community. So certainly there's something to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually something I say a lot in my, uh, mindset coaching program is accountability takes the casual out of it because you're so much less likely to show up for that call, that weekly call, that weekly workout, that daily, whatever, when you just have to do it on your own. But when you're being held accountable by others beyond you to be somewhere at this time, do this thing, you're a hundred times more likely to actually do it. 
So I guess the, the demographic that we're talking about in these classes, whether it's SoulCycle or Peloton or whatever, are people who are already engaged. What do you say to the 90% of um, the population and, and really only 10% meet our physical activity guidelines of a minimum of 150 minutes per week, which is a really tiny amount if you think about it. But I understand that when people aren't doing it or haven't done it, there is a little bit of intimidation there and not knowing where to start. So how do you coach people to get into the game when they aren't engaged already? Oh, I have so many things, so many different ways I could dissect that. But I think in general, once we get past high school, college, whatever, I call it the school of life. And you have to be willing to be a beginner um, and embrace the suck a little bit, like dare I say it, because as adults, we get into this thing where we don't want to be good at something. We, we don't want to be beginners. We don't want to put ourselves out there. We're always so scared of like what it's going to look like or, you know, getting, you know, I would say the butterflies in the stomach mean you have skin in the game. And I feel like as adults, like we don't like to do what's uncomfortable. We like to stay in our own thing. And I think to that 90%, you have to get uncomfortable. Like it's not, you're not going to show, it's like the, if you learned how to play soccer, you're not going to go out on the field and immediately know how to kick the perfect ball or the perfect goal or, you know, hit the perfect backhand or insert scenario here. You have to, you have to embrace being a beginner and, and kind of laugh at it a little and be okay with not being so perfect and it not having to, it's not going to come to you right away, but you have to be willing to, to show up and try. It speaks to, you mentioned mindset. It speaks to mindset, right? And the difference between the, maybe a static mindset and a growth mindset, which says that, you know, a growth mindset being one in which you're always open to learn. And in order to be open to learn, you have to know that you don't know. <laughs> and be okay with not knowing. I would say it's impossible to know what you don't know. And I think that, you, yeah, you have to. It's, it is very much that growth versus. Uh, so what are some other um, lifestyle practices or rituals that you engage in? Totally. So one that I'm huge on is morning gratitude practice. And I was never into it. I was always like, this is BS. This is like manifestation, like whatever. It's not a real thing. And, you know, you read about all these amazing people, like, I mean, I always think of like Martha Stewart or all these people that wake up at like 4 a.m. and they have this whole morning ritual and you're like, that's bogus, like whatever. It's just because they are who they are. Um, and last November, I attended Rise Business with Rachel Hollis and I received, literally, it's right here, this journal. Mm -hmm. Basically, every day you wake up and you write down five things you are grateful for, and then 10 goals you're going to make happen over the next 90 days. And it just, I've done it every day since last November, so almost a year now, and I honestly don't understand how I, I it sounds a little crazy, functioned without it, but more so what I was doing daily in my mornings before putting this whole thing to practice and now I have a whole like morning setup that kind of like puts my armor on for the day before I go out and do what it is I do it is a practice of accountability so I always say you know in my my work as a, a physician who specializes in nutrition or weight loss um, patients will often come to me and they say I know what to do and I know that they know intuitively what to do um, and there's no shame in gathering your tribe and having that accountability, right? Or gathering your army, I'd rather say. 
But there's also something in internal accountability and that practice that you speak of really helps people be accountable to themselves, which I think it's always two pronged, you know, having your army, but then also accountability to yourself. So I love that. What is one other thing that you would, um, since you are a health and wellness coach, what is another lifestyle hack that you, uh, a ritual that you engage in? I have a lot. Uh, one that I have, I, it's like around your phone because everybody's so obsessed with their phone. And I think COVID has only made that even worse. And one thing is I have a whole morning practice that I do before I even look at my phone. Cause I, he- I heard the other day that like 80% of people, when they wake up, the first thing they do is grab their phone and start checking emails or checking messages. And that's a sure shot way to just like start your day, almost like trauma induced to me. That's like trauma. That's like, Oh, you already have that like awful the stimulation, like, I gotta, overly yeah. stimulating. Yeah. So I don't look at anything until like I've done my journal and I've gotten my coffee and I I have like different morning playlists that put me in a certain mood that make me just like feel a certain way that I want to feel like getting in the energy of where I want my day to go before I even start to look at any of that stuff. And then I also have a strict nighttime rule of like putting your phone to bed two hours, ideally before you go to bed. Like we're done, we're locking it up, especially for someone like myself that works heavily in social media, in marketing, in and, and I am my own brand entity. I could stay up all night, yeah. all night. You know, and that, and that is so important because uh, we did a, a live recently on uh, insomnia and actually Corona somnia. So even prior to, to the coronavirus pandemic, I think the numbers were something like 33% of Americans have insomnia um, or get inadequate sleep. And of course, the downside to that is, you know, mood, cognition, but also metabolic health, insulin resistance, excess weight. These are all things that are associated with poor sleep. And then post, you know, or now in the pandemic and all the other things that we're all worried about elections and uh, social justice or injustice issues, sleep is really a problem. And so um, a good practice of sleep hygiene, which includes shutting off screens two hours, like you said, before bedtime, is really important not only to get that blue light, you know, get that light out of your uh, eyes, which stimulates um, wake cycles, but also the stimulation, right? The hyper stimulation we get from consumption of news and social media. So I love that. I think that's really important as well. So tell me what, you know, you're, you're young, you already had this, uh, great, um, start in a career, of music and entertainment industry, and then you jumped ship, um, and worked your way up at the fitness a world from a manager to an instructor, and you also coach clients in health and wellness. So what are, what are some of your, uh, maybe not 90 day goals, but what's on the horizon for you? What's the trajectory? Gosh, I have so many big ones and a lot of them are, are very much related to like what, what will become over the next year. You know, I, I do my best work in person. Like if I can put my hands on you, if I can be in a room with you, like I love live events and panels and things like that. So this has all been very interesting. Um, this whole COVID thing has been very interesting yeah. and I've had to pivot a lot, you know, like we've heard that word a ton. So um, 
I have a couple big podcasts that I want to get on that are um, goals that I write down every day. I would love, um, I would love to launch a confidence course for this group of, I don't know what the actual title is, but it's between millennials and Gen Z. It's like this mid group of women um, based around confidence and social media and just how to kind of stay above the noise, keep your head above the waves, if you will. That's something I say a lot. And um, I have a couple of philanthropic goals that I would like to, actually, you're in SoCal, right? Yes, I am. Yeah, so I worked heavily with a um, organization called Life Rolls On. So I am very close with that. It's very dear to my heart. And it's surfing and skating with kids and adults who have been affected by mostly spinal cord injuries, but really anything that would prevent you from um, being able to move freely, whether it be in the water, whether it be on land, sports, things like that. So um, I have a goal for a, a big donation I would like to make for them. And I have a lot of little things like that. That's that just keep me They keep me moving. And then, you know, it's like your why has to be bigger than, you know, it's not just create this coaching course to make money. It's create this coaching course and change people's lives and then be able to donate this to this philanthropy, you know, it all, it's like this more is more. And I really think the encouraging people to engage in health practices um, and physical activity really is a way that people's lives transform. And so I totally get that. So for people who want to find out more about you or find you, where can we connect with you? Social media, you said, so where's, what's a good way to connect? Yeah. So I'm, my biggest is probably Instagram. So you can find me at Mads Tads, M-A-D-D-Z-T-A-D-D-Z. It's a nickname I got in high school and I had no idea that this social world was going to take off. And a uh, fun fact about me, my last name is Ciccone, which is also Madonna, like the Madonna's last name. So every way you could spell Maddie, Mad, Ciccone, Madison, Ciccone, it's all taken. Um, so I will forever be Mad Stads. I will take it to the grave again. Um, and I also have a website, uh, www.madstads.com. I also have a weekly podcast, Mad Stads Beyond the Bike. But pretty much if you hang out with me on Instagram, you can find everything you want to find on me. That's perfect. Well, thank you. This was a fun conversation. I enjoyed speaking with you and I look forward to hearing more about uh, your doings and happenings. Yes. And thank you to our guests for joining us today. And remember that you can also follow me at Dr. Adrian Udeem as well as at Dell Nutrition and subscribe to Health Bite on iTunes and Spotify. Until then, I'm wishing all of you good health. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.